Hello, this one we talk about Ponzi schemes, we talk about exit scams, but really we focus on Ponzi schemes and we use the uh, similarities between Nick Jansen's story, my story, other eBay sellers, and we use those examples and we compare and contrast them with real Ponzi schemes. By definition, I read Wikipedia Ponzi scheme definition and also exit scam definition. If you're not familiar with exit scams, it's in the third segment all the way at the end. Thanks so much for listening. You guys are coolest. Hey everyone, it's the Bling Vera podcast for Friday, May 27th at 3.17 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 right now is at 41.42, up 85 points, up 2% with a high today of 41.44.93. eBay's up too. Looks like we've got a Ponzi scheme. Do you guys know what a Ponzi scheme is? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it in this day, in today's episode this first segment, we're going to go over what a Ponzi scheme is and how to avoid it. And also, like, what are the signs of a potential Ponzi scheme? Not so much what the definition is, but what's something you can look for that will be a red flag? So let's talk about eBay. Do you want to? I do. <laughs> All right, slow down. Slow down. Don't stop listening now. Don't stop. We're going to talk about eBay from a new angle, new perspective. That perspective being, perhaps I was wrong in overgeneralizing when I said that eBay is bankrupt. And maybe I should explain that perspective a little bit better. I need to clarify how and why eBay is bankrupt, don't I? Okay, hold on, here we go. Ponzi schemes. Do you know what a Ponzi scheme is? Wikipedia states, a Ponzi scheme is a form of fraud that lures investors and pays profits to earlier investors with funds from more recent investors. It was named after Italian businessman Charles Ponzi. The scheme leads victims to believe that profits are coming from legitimate business activity, product sales, or successful investments, and they remain unaware that other investors are the source of funds. A Ponzi scheme can maintain the illusion of a sustainable business as long as new investors contribute new funds. And as long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment and still believe in the non-existent assets they are purported to own, well, yeah, there you go, the Ponzi scheme continues. So that's according to Wikipedia. Now, if you remember in Nick Jensen's video, he waited seven months. They pushed him back $4,700 for seven months. For me, it's been $1,575 for two months. Well, 51 days. We've been waiting 51 days. So it's a good thing I got started a little bit earlier than Nick did seven months into it. I got started here. We're getting, we're getting the ball rolling here two months after. Now remember that last, as long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment, a Ponzi scheme can maintain the illusion of a sustainable business as long as new investors contribute new funds and as long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment and still believe in the non-existent assets they are purported to own. Now, Nick Jansen's story again, his eBay story where they withheld $4,700, that $4,700 payment aligns with the Ponzi scheme idea when I first started looking into eBay's toxic culture and corruption on April 16th, 2022, I knew it was bad, but I underestimated just how bad it was. 
So eBay knows it is rife with scammers because eBay, well, they have to know because eBay helps facilitate those crimes, those scammers, they help them. eBay cannot afford to pay a full payment to sellers with high-end items. Instead of paying honest sellers, eBay preys on them. And I don't mean prey like they're praying, you know, before eating food, you know, saying grace. No, eBay preys on them uh, like a lion does with a gazelle. Honest sellers will probably be the most patient and wait the longest. Let me tell you, the longer you wait, man, the harder it gets. So how, are, how is eBay doing this Ponzi scheme? How is it working? How are they maintaining it? This illusion of a sustainable business, how are they doing that? This illusion of a sustainable online garage sale e-commerce. Well, that's actually not that complicated and you would think it wouldn't work, but eBay knows it's rife, right, with scammers. eBay has the seller ship the item and pay for it. So eBay is like, hey, you ship the item, use the money, use your payouts. Here's, here, you, you can use the money to ship your item from your payout. We're not gonna pay you the money, but you can use it to ship things, okay? Then that's when, after it's shipped and delivered, then eBay's like, oh, we saw some suspicious activity. Under the guise of suspicious activity, they're withholding the funds. The seller is never told what suspicious activity caused the funds to be put on hold in the first place. They can ask all they want. There's a discrepancy with the original registration. And it is the biggest scam. And the longer you wait, the more you fall for it, the more you take debate, this, the, the more they take advantage of you. It's a, it's a corrupt, horrible, horrible company. I, I'm sure some of its employees and personnel have no idea what they're doing as far as like they don't realize that they're ripping other people off uh, as like an organized crime unit. I think they're probably participating, thinking that's our job, that's what we have to do, and a lot of disgruntled customers. But you know, that's how it goes, it's customer service. I think that the culture that's been bred there, and it's it's acceptable. It's almost probably a good oh, another angry customer, just another pissed off fucking seller. It's like that's probably like not a badge of honor, but it's just another day in the office, dealing with another disgruntled seller trying to demand their money, just told to wait. In my case, I waited ten days, and I said, "Fuck this! They're trying to steal my money." Here we are, fifty-one days after selling my Mac Mini computer without a payout. I was waiting on over a thousand dollars for 51 days now, just not there. Could you imagine working for two weeks, putting in two weeks worth of work and just everyone else is getting paid? You're like, hey guys, uh, can I get my check? I'm like, uh, we're holding your check for now. You can still pay us and stuff and ship some stuff and you can use the money to do stuff for us. And then once that's all taken care of, we're gonna keep your money safe because we noticed some suspicious activity here. They're like, well, what? Was I late or what, what, did I not call in or called in sick too many times? No, I can't tell you. We're just not gonna give you your check though. All right. Are you gonna keep working at that job? Are you gonna stay another two weeks? Are you gonna keep working, show up on time? No, <clears throat> you're not. But employers can't do that because that's illegal. However, eBay though, eBay can under the guise of, say it with me, suspicious activity that umbrella of suspicious activity is the key to ebay's corruption it's the core of it trust and safety we talked earlier this week about how ebay's executives pled guilty to cyber stalking and 
uh, really kind of messed up crimes, uh, interstate cyber stalking and cyber crimes, real uh, directors of, of global resiliency intelligence or something. It's uh, global corruption is what the directors were uh, for. The other director was for safety, so safety and security director, a senior safety and security director. Cyber stalking people, drive, uh, flying out to Boston, stalking people, sending them things, sending them pornography, sending them pig fetuses. This is not made up. And these were not lower level employees. These were not a couple of hourly wage employees. This is the senior director of safety and security. There's no safety and security. They're just not. So for a long time, from the, from the highest levels, they've been doing this. We, we discussed this earlier this week. And so they figured out a way by saying, uh, suspicious activity, we've got to hold your money. We can't tell you why. That's how they get away with it. And depending on your voice, depending on how vocal you are, depending on how uh, many viewers you can get or how, how many listens you can get, how many subscribers, like they're going to get away with it. They're going to try and steal your money. The louder you are, the more vocal you are. The squeaky wheel gets the grace. In this case, you have to be extremely squeaky. Like you have to have like, Nick Jansen's video, but he waited seven months. If you can't pay investors when they demand their money, but you can't outright steal their money, you need to engineer a way to hold the money legally. Again, suspicious activity. Suspicious activity could be anything. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if the suspicious activity eBay thinks is suspicious is really eBay recognizing its own corruption. You know, back just that Ponzi scheme loop, but they don't mind it. They want to see suspicion. Every time there's a, a seller who, who sells something that's high end and there's like, have, have one of the employees go message them and say, if, <laughs> if you don't respond, I'll have eBay lock your account. Have him say that, have him say that. And that way Bling Vera can use that as his cover art for his podcast. Oh yeah, that really happened. That absolutely happened. If you don't respond, I'll have you. That's a real message. Yeah, that's the GPU I sold. There it is. The cover art for this pubcast. That's the GPU. That's that's the message. After I got that message, you can see what time it was. April uh, 7th at uh, 2.22 p.m. Local time. After I received that message, guess what happened the next day? You'll never guess what happened the next day. I'll tell you. My account got locked. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My account lock got locked. That same person messaged me too and said, wanted some weird shipping requests. They wanted a working GPU and I didn't offer a non-working one, but they also, they also wanted me to use less packaging when shipping that GPU, that working GPU. And that just didn't sit, sit right with me because I didn't offer less packaging and I didn't offer a non-working one. So I like, oh, I'm gonna cancel that sale. Did I make a big mistake? I don't know. I don't know, I'm glad I didn't get, fall into the wrong hands. I made a mistake by trusting eBay. Anyway, in my case, my eBay account was suspended permanently due to suspicious activity. Much like Nick Jansen's eBay scam story, I was told I could write to an unclaimed funds government website and the government would be responsible for the payment at that point. And why is that? Why, why put the government in charge of it? Well, it's simple. It's because eBay's policies and practices are corrupt. They're designed to steal money from sellers. Under the guise of safety, eBay uses the excuse of suspicious activity to steal your money.
by suspending seller accounts due to suspicious activity, eBay can hold on to your money for 70 days or longer. From there, you can write to the state and try and get it. I demanded my money on April 16th, 2022, and by doing so, eBay suspended my account permanently and told me I had to wait 70 days. That sounds familiar, right? Doesn't that sound like I had to wait 70 days? As long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment. That's how a Ponzi scheme works, according to Wikipedia. Very, very textbook example here. eBay does not have money. They cannot pay their sellers. They're using funds from one seller to pay another. They are stealing and stalling honest sellers like Nick Jansen and using his one payout of $4,700 to pay 100 sellers their payouts of $47. So eBay's in, in such deep financial hot water here and, and so uh, corrupt and they can't, the, the, the ship is sinking. They, they can't get enough water off. It's going, the ship is going to sink. But they're, tr they're just trying to keep it afloat as long as they can. Again, as long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment. That's how they can continue. But when you do have sellers like myself who demanded full repayment on April 16th, like, yeah, we can't do it. We don't have it. Stall them out. They're 70, they bought themselves 70 days, interest-free, $1,575 to hang on to. They can pay, what, 10 sellers $150 with that payment that they owed me? Why pay one seller $1,575 when you can pay 10 sellers $150? Shit, why pay one $1,575 when you pay 100 sellers you know, they're $15. That's what, that's what I've said. You can sell things on eBay. You'll get paid $12, $8. You'll get paid, sure. That's because they're stealing from their honest sellers with high-end items. And under the guise of safety and security, you notice some suspicious activity. It's a Ponzi scheme. There's no suspicious activity. There's nothing. Nick Jansen's activity was not suspicious. He was an honest seller who was trying to honestly sell an expensive camera. I was an honest seller who was trying to honestly sell an expensive computer. Both of us, Nick Jansen and myself, were both very fond of those items. We had, <laughs> we had a connection to those items. Now, those items had sentimental value. You can't put a price on that. We both reluctantly, okay, we got to part ways, you know, sell it. Bigger and better things. It's, it's, not, it's not easy, but we'll sell it. Maybe take a loss, whatever, but we'll get something out of it and we'll move on and we'll improve our lives and make it better, right? That's the whole point, right? But if you're running a Ponzi scheme and you got sellers selling $5,000, $2,000, you can't, you're running the scheme, you can't pay them, you don't have the money. There's other sellers selling $50 items, $20, $12 items. There's way more sellers selling junk at the online garage sale that is eBay than there is selling Mac minis maxed out Mac mini that that I <laughs> ah, it's frustrating high-end GPUs yeah I sold that GPU like way less than what it was worth I needed the money I had a price to sell quickly but eBay needed that money more they needed it to stay, to stay afloat to pay their employees to make everyone continue to think that hold on to quote to quote wikipedia here to to continue to think 
that they can maintain the illusion of a sustainable business as long as new investors contribute new funds and as long as most of the investors do not demand full repayment and still believe in the non-existent assets they are purported to own. Now, I have a payout. It says still $1,575 on eBay. I'll use it for the cover art. It, it says it's there. There's no payouts on hold. There's nothing on hold. No funds on hold. Everything, nothing processing. Well, why haven't I received it yet? That's because I demanded my money on April 16th and was instructed at that time on April 16th that I had to write to the state to get my money, just like Nick Jansen. Except, unlike Nick Jansen, Nick Jansen was given a payment afterward. I, I was told they can't do that. Their hands are tied. Once they've suspended an account permanently, there's nothing they can do. They can't pay you. Hey, they'd love to pay you, but we accidentally suspended your account permanently. We can't pay you for 70 days. Good luck getting that money. Nick Jensen was waiting seven months. I've been waiting two months. Who knows how many sellers they, they paid off to continue to sell their junk on this uh, online garage sale, the unsafe marketplace that is eBay. Who knows? We'll just say $47. They paid 100 sellers $47 with with Nick Jansen's $4,700. It's 100 more people. That's 100 people that will not be arguing. They will not be causing a problem. They'll be like, oh, thanks for you, baby. Oh, thanks for the $47. There will only be one Nick Jansen and 47 satisfied, happy sellers of useless used junk. That's how Ponzi scheme works. By definition, eBay is running a Ponzi scheme and it's just a matter of time before it gets found out. Now that's where the question really lies. Does this get found out and busted tomorrow? Does it continue on for another five years? I've given it six months to live. So my diagnosis between April and October, eBay will eat it. It will bite the dust. It's gonna get found out. It's gonna be investigated and it's gonna be exposed. And once again, just like last uh, director of senior directors and upper echelons of eBay management and uh, executives, they're going to play dumb or they're going to get busted or get in trouble and try and switch it around. I'm telling you, man, if you can run a Ponzi, a private business like that, the government couldn't pull this. No way. Government can do this. If you're trying to run a, a private business, a private Ponzi scheme, you don't have to... It's suspicious activity. You signed the user agreement. Yeah, you agreed to it. We couldn't hold your funds indefinitely for any reason at all. Just sign here. That's a scam, dude. <laughs> That's a dishonest Ponzi scheme freaking scam. Like, how do you do that though? How, as a seller then? As a seller, I was an, a pro seller. I have kind of been full-time and not full-time on eBay before in the past, but it, it kind of comes in phases. I will never sell or buy another thing. on. I have no desire to ever list anything or buy anything from eBay, off of eBay, whatever. Never. Will not. So that being said, someone who is kind of <laughs> planning on having that money and orchestrating this plan, like, hey, we sell this stuff, we're going to move on to bigger and better things. What do you do if you counted on eBay for years, like me, for 20 years, to not even get you out of hot water, just a way to sell stuff and, and really kind of recycle goods. 
upgrade and sell something old, buy something new. Something like that. I mean, it works. It used to work. It doesn't work now. They're stealing your money. But for a while there, it worked. And I would argue it stopped working last year when they switched to their payout system. And I'm pretty sure they switched to their payout system because they know that they were, what they were doing here. They're like, well, this is not going to work long term. We have to do something. So let's part ways with PayPal or maybe PayPal part away with ways with them. Either way, there was a, a, some, a vision. <laughs> They were having a vision like it's not going to work long term. It's just not. So they had to come up with a different scheme, a Ponzi scheme. And that's where we're at now. And that started a year ago. I don't know exactly when it was implemented, but we're going to find out. In a Ponzi scheme, a con artist offers investments that promise very high returns with little or no risk to his victims. The returns are said to originate from a business or a secret idea run by the con artist. In reality, the business does not exist or the idea does not work. The con artist pays the high returns promised to his earlier investors by using the money obtained from later investors. Instead of engaging in a legitimate business activity, the con artist attempts to attract new investors to make the payments that were promised to earlier investors. The operator of the scheme also diverts his client's funds for his personal use. With little or no legitimate earnings, Ponzi schemes require a constant flow of new money to survive. When it becomes hard to recruit new investors or when large numbers of existing investors cash out, these schemes collapse. As a result, most investors end up losing all or much of the money they invested. In some cases, the operator of the scheme may simply disappear with the money. It's, hey, sounds kind of familiar, right? Sounds kind of familiar. Exit scams. We're going to talk about that in this segment too, in this third segment. And then we'll wrap it up pretty quick here. But we're going to still go over some red flags when it comes to Ponzi schemes according to wikipedia.com. We're going to help that, hope that these help to support our assertion that eBay is a corrupt company running a Ponzi scheme and it's stealing from its honest sellers money, high-end sellers, big ticket items to pay multiple sellers with smaller ticket items. One payment of $4,700 can pay 100 people $47. One mad person or 100 mad people. That's why Nick Jansen was targeted. And I think that's why I was targeted, but I think there might be some other reasons behind why we were targeted, but let's get into some red flags. High investment returns with little or no risk. Every investment carries some degree of risk. Investments yielding higher returns typically involve more risk. Any guaranteed investment opportunity should be considered suspicious. Overly consistent returns. Investment values tend to go up and down over time, especially those offering potential high returns. An investment that continues to generate regular positive returns regardless of overall market conditions is considered suspicious. Unregistered investments. Ponzi schemes typically involve investments that have not been registered with financial regulators. Registration is important because it provides investors with access to key information about the company's management, products, services, and finances. Unlicensed sellers. In the United States federal and state securities laws require that investment professionals and their firms be licensed or registered. Most Ponzi schemes involve unlicensed individuals or unregistered firms. Secretive or complex strategies. Investments that cannot be understood or on which no complete information can be found or obtained are considered suspicious. 
issues with paperwork, account statement errors may be a sign that funds are not being vested as promised. Difficulty receiving payments. Investors should be suspicious of cases where they don't receive a payment or have difficulty cashing out. Ponzi schemes, <clears throat> correction, Ponzi scheme promoters sometimes try to prevent participants from cashing out by offering even higher returns for staying put. According to criminologist, criminologist Mary Springer, the following red flags can also be of relevance. The sales personnel or advisor are overly pushy or aggressive. I would say, yeah, that's a red flag. eBay has no customer service whatsoever, and they're rude, and they don't get it. It's like they're trying to see how mad they can make uh, people. It's like their goal. The initial contact took place by a cold call or through a social network, a language-based radio. The client cannot determine the actual trades or investments. The clients are asked to write checks with a different name than the name of the corporation or send the checks to a different address. That's kind of, you know, I was told to ship that GPU to a different address. I got to cancel that one too. Once the maturity date of their investment arrives, clients are pressured to roll over the principal and the profits. Typically, Ponzi schemes require an initial investment and promise above average returns. They use vague verbal guises such as hedge futures trading, high yield investment programs, or offshore investment to describe their income strategy. It is common for the operator to take advantage of a lack of investor knowledge or competence or sometimes claim to use a proprietary secret investment strategy to avoid giving information about the scheme. Some suspicious activity. The basic premise of a Ponzi scheme is to rob Peter to pay Paul. Initially, the operator pays high returns to attract investors and entice current investors to invest more money. When other investors begin to participate, a cascade effect begins. The schemer pays a return to initial investors from the investments of new participants rather than from genuine profits. Often, high returns encourage investors to leave their money in the scheme so that the operator does not actually have to pay very much to investors. The operator simply sends statements showing how much they have earned, which maintains the deception that the scheme is an investment with high returns. Investors within a Ponzi scheme may face difficulties when trying to get their money out of investments. Well, 51 days I still haven't gotten paid for those computers, I, the computer and GPU that I sold, so that's pretty difficult, I'd say. Operators also try to minimize withdrawals by offering new plans to investors where money cannot be withdrawn for a certain period of time in exchange for higher returns. The operator sees new cash flows as investors cannot transfer money. If a few investors do wish to withdraw their money in accordance with the terms allowed, their requests are usually promptly processed, which gives the illusion to all other investors that the fund is solvent and financially sound. <sighs> Sounds pretty familiar, right? Theoretically, it is possible for certain Ponzi schemes to ultimately succeed financially, at least so long as a Ponzi scheme was not what the promoters were initially intending to operate. For example, a failing hedge fund reporting fraudulent returns could conceivably make good its reported numbers, for example, by making a successful high-risk investment. Moreover, if the operators of such a scheme are facing the likelihood of imminent collapse accompanied by criminal charges, they may see little additional risk to themselves in attempting to cover their tracks by engaging in further illegal acts to try and make good the shortfall. For example, by engaging in insider trading. 
especially with investment vehicles like hedge funds that are regulated and monitored less heavily than other investment vehicles such as mutual funds, in the absence of a whistleblower or accompanying illegal acts, any fraudulent content in reports is often difficult to detect unless and until the investment vehicles ultimately collapse. Typically, however, if a Ponzi scheme is not stopped by authorities, it usually falls apart for one or more of the following reasons. The operator vanishes, taking all the remaining investment money. Promoters who intend to abscond often attempt to do so as returns due to be paid are about to exceed new investments, as this is when the investment capital available will be at its maximum. Since the scheme requires a continual stream of investments to fund higher returns, if the number of new investors slows down, the scheme collapses as the operator can no longer pay the promised returns. The higher the returns, the greater the risk of the Ponzi scheme collapsing. Such liquidity crises, crises often trigger panics as more people start asking for their money similar to a bank run. External market forces such as sharp decline in the economy can often hasten the collapse of a Ponzi scheme. For example, the Madoff investment scandal during the market turndown of 2008. Since they often cause many investors to attempt to withdraw part or all of their funds sooner than they had intended. Sometimes two or more of the aforementioned factors may be at play. For example, news of a police investigation into a Ponzi scheme may cause investors to immediately demand their money and in turn cause the promoters to flee the jurisdiction sooner than planned, assuming they intended to eventually abscond in the first place, thus causing the scheme to collapse much faster than it ultimately would have been closed down by the police if their investigation had simply been permitted to run its course. Actual losses are extremely difficult to calculate the amounts that investors thought they had were never attainable in the first place. The wide gap between money in and fictitious gains make it virtually impossible to know how much was lost in any Ponzi scheme. Now, if you just change a few of these words from uh, investors to sellers, it would absolutely apply uh, to eBay spot on. Like, exactly what's happening to me and exactly what happened to Nick. Nick Jansen. Exactly what's happening to sellers around the world who don't have a voice, who don't have a platform to vocally express their disappointment and also their disgust with eBay's policies and practices. They're crooked. It's corrupt. Their executives were cyber-stalking. They, they pled guilty. They're waiting sentencing. It's severe severe harsh crimes or um dangerous crimes is what is what they're committed six is organized crime there's an organized crime ring that's desperation when when you have these executives trying to to silence anyone who's who's speaking against their beloved tech company that's just really an online garage sale it's a website it's an online garage sale and they're stealing money from people selling computers and GPUs and, and uh, com cameras like Nick Jansen, $4,000 cameras, they're using that $4,700 to pay 100 sellers $47. That's what they're doing. Telling Nick Jansen to wait, keep waiting. They kept his money for seven months. And then when he makes a video, 
starts to get it starts to get noticed. The truth starts to get out. Oh, well, it gets paid. It gets paid an extra seven hundred, an extra hundred per month. Hey, that's just what we read. That's the Ponzi scheme. It's right there. As long as no one demands their money all at once, or just when it's inconvenient. I got I demanded my money on April sixteenth, and I got pushed out to what July, right to the government unclaimedfunds.gov. You got to be fucking kidding me. When I got that email. I had to go like double check. And I was like, this is a scam. But how did I get, how did I fall for this? Like, this isn't real. This isn't a real website. This must be like a spoof eBay website or some spoof email that I thought was really from eBay and it's really not. And I, I went back and I looked, logged back into eBay on my, on my phone, my app, looked at the messages and I was like, no, fuck, that's what they really wrote. It's, it's a real thing. EBay's re eBay is really telling their sellers that there's been suspicious activity and that they can go to unclaimedfunds.gov in 70 days to get their payment. You've got to be fucking kidding me. That's a Ponzi scheme. They're broke. There's no money in there. There's not. And they're using, again, $4,700 for one seller to pay 100 sellers $47. That's, I'm going to end this one right now. It's the market's almost closed. It's 3.54 p.m. market time. The S&P 500 right now is at 41.45, up 88 points, up 2%. Let's talk about exit scams, and then let's go be mindful. Let's go listen to this and be mindful. Want to? I do. This is from Wikipedia. An exit scam is a confidence trick where an established business stops shipping orders while receiving payment for new orders. If the entity had a good reputation, it could take some time before it is widely recognized that orders are not shipping and the entity can then make off with the money paid for unshipped orders. Customers that trusted the business do not realize that their orders are not being fulfilled until the business has already disappeared. Conversely, purchasers can also perpetuate exit scams if while secretly planning to close their business and or abscond, they procure goods and services for which they do not intend to pay. Hmm. Conversely, purchasers can also perpetuate exit scams if, while secretly planning to close their business and or abscond, they pure procure goods and services for which they do not intend to pay. However, these sorts of incidents are less common. Moreover, it is uncom not uncommon for a procurer to go out of business due to insolvency they did not wish to occur. In illegal darknet markets, Exit scams are frequently perpetuated. While the most common such schemes are perpetuated by individual vendors who receive payment for the product they have no intention of shipping, such scams have also been perpetuated by both individual procurers who obtain the product which they have no intention of paying for, and by operators and or administrators of these markets who, by shutting down an entire market, can abscond with whatever currency the market was holding on behalf of the buyers and or sellers in escrow at the time of the shutdown. Regardless of who is perpetuated or perpetrating the scam, excuse me, regardless of who is perpetrating the scam, if the cheated parties are themselves knowingly participating in illegal acti activities, it is not usually a viable option to notify law enforcement. The best known examples are online sellers where the buyer does not know the real identity of the physical location of the scammer and therefore has little recourse. Payments to darknet markets are usually made in cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Monero, where payments are irreversible and cannot be recovered through a chargeback. 
2016, the dark net market online black market evolution was previously cited as the biggest exit scam yet, where the administrators apparently made off with $12 million in Bitcoin, which was held in escrow on the marketplace. This would ultimately be surpassed by the WSM Wall Street market exit scam of 2019, which had $14.2 million worth of cryptocurrency stolen just before the site was seized by authorities. Well, I hope when eBay gets seized by authorities, I get paid. Markets up, up, up. Um, I'm a little bit nervous now reading that. It's like, I don't want, I'm not planning on receiving that 1575. I'm really not. I hope it's there. I, I, I really hope it's there, but I'm not planning on, on getting it. So if it does, if the government does seize eBay's website and shuts it down, and I don't get paid, I, at least I was a whistleblower. At least I was the one that was calling it the demise of eBay, eBay's destruction, eBay's, excuse me, downfall from their own stupidity. You guys want to publish this episode and listen to it? Talked about exit scams, talked about Ponzi schemes. We got it going. Let's go.